0: I invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Haggai, or Haggai. It's on page 791 of your pew Bibles, Haggai chapter 2, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 9. Now this is the Word of God, Haggai chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, on page 791 of our, our pew Bibles. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work. For I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. Uh, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for all of your word, all 66 books of the Bible. Thank you even for this minor prophet Haggai, Father, that points us to Christ the grace of Christ in his birth, the glory uh, of Christ, uh, the promise uh, of heaven. Uh, Lord, pray that your spirit would indeed uh, be at work in our hearts, Father, this morning, that we might not only understand your word, but uh, see uh, the glory of Christ. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. The truly great Christmas hymns that we sing at church or at home are, are saturated with powerful scriptural truths. Already this morning we've sung a hymn, Christmas hymn, that speaks of Christ's deity. Availed in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus R. Emmanuel, that was from Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, then we sang of Christ's full humanity. Christ was fully divine, fully human. We sang, O come thou rod of Jesse, uh, descendant of, of Jesse. O come thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save. That was from O come, O come, Emmanuel. Uh, then we sang uh, the Advent hymn that uh, declares the gospel from Haggai 2, verse 7, verse that we just read. Contains this line, Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. And that's come thou long expected Jesus. You know, on these four Sundays leading up uh, to Christmas, these four Sundays of Advent, we'll uh, be considering that theme of gospel joy at Christmas. Uh, The gospel joy that we uh, read about and hear from God's word, but it's also reinforced by the Christmas hymns that we sing. It's a joy that we sing about, but... Here this morning, it's a gospel joy to be shared with all the nations. Uh, For the Lord speaks his words of gospel joy for all the nations. Well, what should we know about the Lord's gospel joy? I encourage you to keep your Bibles open there to Haggai chapter 2. We'll see first the Lord speaks to the discouraged. Uh, The Lord strengthens the And then finally, the Lord shakes. We begin with that truth. The Lord speaks his word to a discouraged people. It may have been a while since uh, you've read Haggai, a while for me as well, but just to uh, give you a a quick overview uh, of the short but powerful uh, Old Testament prophets. You know, the situation was this in, in Israel. Uh, Haggai was God's chosen prophet uh, to Israel after they had returned to the promised land uh, after their exile in Babylon, but then Babylon was defeated by Persia. You know, to take it back a little bit further, uh, Jerusalem fell uh, back in 586 B.C., Uh, They were sent to exile in Babylon, and then uh, Babylon was defeated by Persia. And about 538 BC, the Persian king allowed the Jews to return to the land. It was a 900 mile journey uh, back to the promised land, and once they got back there, they began rebuilding the temple. You know, the temple had been destroyed. And if you read through Haggai, I encourage you to read it. It's only uh, two short chapters. In in Haggai, they they were struggling. You know, they they were saying, Lord, it's not yet time to rebuild the temple. And uh, then it's almost as if it were written in uh, 2019. They said, Lord, you know, let us build our houses. Let us build nice houses for us, for ourselves. And, And then you know, we'll start rebuilding your temple. And so the Lord rebuked them through Haggai the prophet. You know, and, and you can see the history as you read through Haggai, there are uh, five or six distinct time markers. You know, but but more importantly here, the Lord is speaking to his people through his chosen instrument, Haggai. So let's look there at Haggai chapter 2, verse 1. There are the Lord's direct words to Haggai. It's the seventh month of the 21st day of the month, and so they can actually uh, do the math. It's actually October 17th, 520 B.C., before the birth of Christ. And Doing a little bit more Bible study would show us as well that it's actually the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles. That was a day of holy rejoicing for Israel, a day when they celebrated that gospel truth that God had delivered them from bondage in Egypt, led them through the wilderness, brought them into the Promised Land, you know, But here in Haggai, they've now begun the tearful and the tedious work of clearing away the rubble for the rebuilding of the temple. And scripture is clear as it tells us, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. And the Lord speaks to the discouraged. Look there at verse 2. The Lord speaking to Haggai, speak now. Uh, to to uh, this small congregation, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, not not uh, an Israelite king, but this was a Persian authority, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and then to all the remnant uh, of the people. You know, it, it was time now for them to carry on that work of rebuilding. Uh, Delays, uh, the time for delays had passed, and Haggai asked the people three critical questions there in verse 3. First question, does anyone remember the former glory of this temple? And if you do some of the math, if it's about 520 B.C. and the temple was destroyed, 586 or 587 B.C., so a span of about 67 years, there were probably those who had seen the glory of Solomon's temple, gone into exile and now returned. And so the answer to the first question would be yes. there, There would be senior saints who could remember back 67 years ago. The second question, how do the temple ruins look to you now? How do you see it now? When you're looking at the temple, what do you see now? And if you were to go back to Ezra chapter 3, you know, there were two responses of God's people when they saw the temple. The temple being rebuilt. You know, the one was celebration by the younger ones, but the older ones were crying. You know they they remembered the glory the splendor. You know of that temple that David had collected all the gold silver all the building materials his son Solomon had built the temple. And so then the third question is it not as nothing in your eyes? You know basically Haggai is saying to them. You know, it may seem small to you now. Excuse me. The temple may look unspectacular to you now. The temple may be unimpressive now. Sort of like when a church has been destroyed by fire or tornado, you know, but we've had it in our own area. What do churches usually do? They they build a, a quick prefab, you know, tin shed so they have a place to meet. They did that, uh St. Mary's Baptist Church there, Port Berry. And so they're thinking you know, they're they're looking at their prefab tin shed, but they're remembering the glory of their former church. It'd be like comparing a prefab tin shed to, if you've ever been there, the National Cathedral in Washington. You know, which is the more splendid, spectacular? You know, hands down, you would know the answer. And there are things lacking there in the rebuilt temple. There's no sacred fire. Remember, they always had to keep the light there burning. There, there is no shekinah glory, the 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 effulgent, the radiant glory of God in this new temple, and probably most seriously, there uh, there was no ark of the covenant. You know why was the ark of the covenant important? Because it, it was a tangible symbol of the presence of God with His people, the presence of a holy God, reminding us that we could come into the presence of a holy God through a priest who offered a blood sacrifice once a year, there on the atonement cover of the Ark of the Covenant. So the Lord speaks here to a discouraged people. You know, and that's true not only in Haggai's day, that, that's still true for us today. You know, The Lord still speaks to us in our days of discouragement through his word. So when you are discouraged, you're battling depression, despair, grief, whatever it might be. I believe it's a, a strategy of Satan to say, "Well, you know, you're you're feeling too crummy, too poorly to pick up your Bible." You know, wait till you feel better. No, when you are discouraged, that, that's when you need the Word of God more than ever. The power of prayer. You know, consider Haggai as he speaks the gospel truth and love to God's discouraged people. Derek Thomas put it this way in one of his sermons. People who have a mind for discouraging will always discourage others. You don't have to say amen to that. And then he goes on. We still have the need for a Barnabas. You might remember Barnabas in Acts 4. Son of encouragement. Uh, and the Lord raised up Haggai here to be that son of encouragement uh, for God's people in their time of discouragement. The Lord speaks his word to a discouraged people. Secondly, the Lord strengthens his people with his presence. Uh, verses 4 and 5. You know, the, the Lord doesn't allow them to wallow in self-pity. L- look at the, the series of three commands there. You know, in in. Sh- In short order, in verse four, and and their commands. Yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel! Declares the Lord, "Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land!" Declares the Lord. Lest we think, well, that's only here in Haggai. You know, if you go back uh, to God's command. To Moses, to give to Joshua, Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 and 7. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, we read, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous. For you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. And finally then, same chapter, 23rd verse, we read again, and the Lord commissioned Joshua the son of Nun and said, be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them, I will be with you. You know, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You know, that's God's command, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Not only the commands to be strong, but then the command, we read next, to work. You know, again, this is a discouraged people. The Lord is trying to strengthen his people and to fill them anew and afresh with uh, the joy of their faith, joy of assurance, of salvation. You know, work. It's a command actually given to a group, a plural command. You all be working. One of our favorite family quotes from Elizabeth Elliot great Christian woman, uh, commend her to you for reading, it is her simple quote is, do the next thing, do the next thing. You know, uh, a, uh, a woman whose three husbands died. Well, she outlived her first two husbands, and uh, then she died before her third husband, a woman who suffered great grief, discouragement. You know, do the next thing. You know, and, it, and it's hard. Sometimes our gospel labor seemed to be small and insignificant and not fruitful. You know, you're raising young children at home. Uh, you're teaching in the classroom. Uh, you're, you're working in a cubicle and you don't think anyone notices what you're doing you know you know is my life making any difference for Christ and here god's word says we will we'll work you know there there is joy in working unless we doubt that look at what the lord says next there verse last part of verse 4 work for i am with you you know you're not alone in this you know, the, the Lord is with us always, each step of the way. You know, through those deep and dark valleys, over those high mountains. You know, the Lord is with us. Now that that's one of the names of God we remember, especially uh, at Christmas time, Emmanuel. You know, God with us. John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have beheld his glory. Glorious of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. You know, that that, that power of God's presence with us. You know, consider again the, the last words of, of Jesus. You know, we are familiar with the, the great commission. Go therefore, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You know, a great command, great commission, but, but we stop there. You know, here, verse 20, the last verse. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, and that, that's God's promise to Haggai, to his people here in Haggai chapter 2. You know, the Reformation Study Bible, you know, and if you're looking for great Christmas gifts, it, it's uh, one of the best study Bibles out there. They, writing about Haggai, they, they have this truth. Uh, the Lord's presence and his sustaining strength guaranteed the ultimate success of their leaders. You know, that, that command to be strong. And if we need more strength, look there at verse 5. Now there's covenant strength. You know, the Lord it still strengthens his people with his presence. And here Haggai reminds them, according to the covenant, speaking for the Lord, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. Now again, uh, it takes a little... uh, Bible background, but if you go back to Exodus chapter 19, verses 4 and 5, Exodus 19, verse 4 and 5, we read this. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, verse 5 Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You know, God, God's covenant strength. And again, if we need more reassurance, we go on there in verse 5 My spirit. You know, God tells his people, my spirit, and yes, it's the Holy Spirit, remains in your midst. You know, be strong, the Lord tells his people, for I am with you. Work, for I am with you. And now, my spirit is abiding now and always in your midst. You know, underlying all of this, you know, is God's promise of joy to his people. You know, his strength, his presence, his spirit. You know, there's gospel joy for God's people. You know, it's been said that there are no more encouraging, there is no more encouraging thought than this. You know, the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. And we know he's with us through his spirit and more importantly through his son Jesus Christ finally the lord strengthens his people there by by telling them last part of five fear not you know fear not you know don't be fearful of the circumstances around you don't be fearful of of these strong nations You know, it's a a command you find throughout all of Scripture. You remember what the angels spoke to the shepherds, you know, keeping watch over their fields, their flocks by night. You know, fear not. You know, it's a it's a theme even there in Revelation, Revelation chapter one, verse seventeen. Revelation one, verse seventeen. The the vision. Of, of Christ, uh, we read, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. You know, as I told the children, many children have written their Christmas wish lists. teens. But if you have grown children like we do, you still get their Christmas wish list. Some things never change. Uh, But I would encourage you, I encourage myself to write a Christmas joy list. You know, to to remind ourselves, you know, this this is what the Lord has blessed me with. You know, he's blessed me with his strength. You know, I, I am strong in the Lord. It's the Lord who strengthens me. I can work, you know, not, maybe not a paying job, but work in God's kingdom work, for God is with us. You know, that, that joy of, of hearing that, those words from God's own lips, fear not. You know, for God is with us. He's given us his promises, his covenant. And those are yea and amen in Christ. So the Lord speaks his word to a discouraged people. The Lord strengthens his people with his presence. Finally there in verses 6 through 9, the Lord shakes all nations for his gospel glory. You know, Verse 6 of Haggai 2, For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while, meaning very soon, I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea, and the dry land. You know, God (coughs) is going to shake every corner of his creation. He's asserting again his sovereign authority over his creation. You know, by the way, this is the only verse of Haggai that's quoted in the New Testament If you turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26, I'll read those for us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 and following. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Finally, verse 28 of Hebrews 12, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. And now God says that he will shake not only all of creation, but he will shake the nations. Verse 7, and I will shake all nations. ESV reads, so that the treasures of all nations shall come in, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. You know, two ways uh, of understanding this verse so that the treasure of all nations shall come in. You know, it can be understood that these nations of the world, like the Magi brought their gifts to Jesus, will bring their material wealth uh, to Israel, and more importantly, to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But I believe if we take it a a level deeper, take the next step, it's a prophecy about the Messiah. That verse can also rightly be translated so that the the desire of all nations shall come in. In the verse, in the hymn that we sang, you, you look at it in the Trinity hymnal written by Charles Wesley, the hymn, it says, Dear Desire, and it's a capital D. You know, it, It's referring to Christ, Christ being the desire of nations. Christ will come in and the Lord will fill this house with glory. Matthew Henry put it this way, the Messiah is desirable to all nations, for in him shall all the families of the earth be blessed. It's a reminder of the uh, God's covenant promise to Abraham. There in the Old Testament you know, in his offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. You know, that, that same covenant promise is, is reaffirmed in Galatians chapter 3. You know, it's a reminder to Israel that God will sovereignly shake the Assyrias, the Babylons, the Persias, the Greece, the Rome. He will even one day shake our own country, if it's not being shaken now, you know, and as our world is, is shaking around us, where should our, our eyes, our hearts, our faith be focused? On Christ. Christ, the Son of God. Christ, the solid rock. Christ, our sure Savior. Christ is the one we need to look for. Christ is the one that We ought to be desiring. But yet again, it's telling us here in Haggai 2, verse 7, it's a treasure of all nations. You know, God's telling Haggai and his people that the gospel is to go to people from every tribe and language and people and nation, to the rich and to the poor. You know, to blacks, to whites, to Asians, Indians—it's to go to those who have an endless list of degrees, and those who might not have graduated from high school. It's to go to the young, to the old. The gospel goes forth to all, and we see that gospel promise here in Haggai two, verse seven. God God reassures us and gives us great hope and joy there as he says, And I will fill this house with glory. You know, the temple may be rebuilt, and then we'll see Herod's temple in Jesus' time, and then that temple will be destroyed. So don't look for your your hope, your joy, you know, in, in the passing things of this world. Look for it in Christ. And that final promise of sovereign glory. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace. We heard that verse even this morning, the Advent candle. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. We can know peace with God. Through faith in Christ. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Christ. You know, on this first Sunday in December, you know, I know or I'm guessing that many of you are already discouraged, like the people in Haggai's day. You're feeling weak, you're feeling worn out, overwhelmed by. Christmas shopping lists, social gatherings. You're, you're discouraged because, you know, your family is far away. A loved one is not here with us. But the Lord still strengthens his people with his presence. Best of all, the Lord has sent his Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he will fill his house with the glory of Christ. And he as well will fill our hearts with the grace of Christ, the joy of salvation. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for sending us, your Son, to unworthy sinners such as us. Lord, thank you that that desire of nations has come. Thank you that Jesus is coming again to take us home to glory. But in the meantime, Lord God, we pray that we would know your abiding joy, hope, and peace in Christ. Pray that you would be pleased to use us in that gospel work of sharing your gospel uh, with the nations around us, those who are hopeless and need to hear of the love of God in Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Amen.